Hi, Natalie. Hi, Tracy. It is a beautiful, sunny day, and Natalie and I are just enjoying another episode. Another, another episode. Another, another hour together. What are we talking about today? I want to talk about confidence, mm. but first I want to tell you this funny story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know, I, this would be where I think that like a vlog would be much more appropriate so everybody can see what I'm about to show you. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, paint the picture in your mind. So I belong to this mom's group and um, they did this really fun thing last year where they took a picture of you on a Polaroid, like yeah. those little itty bitty Polaroids. Yes. And then they gave you a sheet of paper that you were supposed to fill out. It was a questionnaire. It asked some questions, and it asked you to just give different bits of mis- um, information about yourself. And then they put your picture, your Polaroid, on it, and then they laminate it. And then at each meeting, this now placemat that they've created gets moved from spot to spot. So people, different people, depending on where they sit, get to meet you through your placemat. Sure. This is a really fun idea, right? It's a nice icebreaker. So last year, I just remember the picture being so cute and saying, oh, can you take another one so I can give it to my husband? And then he has it in his office. So this year, I never even looked at my picture. I just went in, took my picture, and I haven't seen my placemat. And today was our last meeting for the year, and I said, oh, I would like to take my placemat, collect my placemat so I can bring it to my husband's office and he can hang it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we've had a conversation. You can't see the look on her face, but the look on her face is, <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> okay. So I have, it's not a secret that I'm a firm believer in the idea that I should be comfortable in whatever I wear. Right. And sometimes... It's cold, and so I think I'm going to be cute and trendy, and this is nice and warm, and I'm going to go out into public like this, looking like I am, and people are going to perceive me as comfortable, warm, trendy, and I'm going to smile, and that's all it's going to take to tie it all together, right? Yeah. So I collected my placemat, and I looked at it, because that that particular day when they took the photo, I was doing me to my finest and I looked at the photo today I mean this placement has been out there since September (laughs) okay (laughs) I'm looking at this photo and I literally said who the hell allowed me to take a picture looking like this (laughs) because in my picture okay now I want to see this just wait I'm going to describe it first I'm not wearing any makeup which is fine I'm wearing a men's v-neck white t-shirt, a orange and red plaid flannel that I got on Is Clarence. This clearance <coughs> I got this on, I got this on Clarence at Walmart for two bucks. And a very cute gray and pink cheetah print cardigan. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> On top of all of it. Because because you were doing you. Because I was cold and I thought, I think I can make this look cute. Um, but the cardigan doesn't even come up all the way on my shoulders. It's like slouchy, so it's halfway off my shoulders. But the men's flannel is, 
I can't even do it justice. I'm not even going to beat around a bush. And I'm just going to tell you I look ridiculous. I, you look beautiful. The outfit. I'm trying to think of what my daughter would say to that. Like This would be one of those moments where my 11-year-old would look at me and she would take her hand to gesture towards the entire look and she'd say, this look? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> but again, beautiful smile. Beautiful Natalie. I mean, you would have been fine without the cardigan, perhaps. I, I was the... probably wearing blue sweatpants. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we post this on the, on the podcast page? If that's a thing, I don't know, but I think it should be posted. I, it is. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I mean, can that count as a blazer? Because that could be our... Well, that could I mean, that could be our image. It it can it can be anything you want it to be, right? Like you do you, and that photo is you doing you. I like I have no words. I don't know if I still <laughs> give this to my husband to hang up in his office. I don't know. I still think you you give it to him, and then you say, "This was one of my finest days, honey." This was outfit. Making choices about me feeling good about me so I remember this combination because I think I wore it (laughs) daily for a couple of months because it didn't smell bad the blazer or I'm sorry the blazer the the plaid and cardigan together yeah the plaid and the plaid cardigan or plaid plaid flannel with the cheetah print cardigan even though the cardigan didn't fit over the flannel. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I was warm. Yeah, that's great. Okay. But, it, but <laughs> I'm looking at the picture, and the cardigan does not fit over the flannel. Like, it's not even the mixed patterns, right? Because that's a thing. Or the Whatever. clashing colors, or... One might consider them complementary. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure someone... <laughs> I often, no joke, I often look at, like, Fashion Week and I go, really? Like, that's what's on the runway? And again, I understand that those are not daily wear outfits. Um, but this but is, a daily wear is a daily wear outfit. For me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look, at, I, I look at things like this, moments like this, and I think I'm really lucky that my husband has stuck around. <laughs> oh, well... I think that is a testament to the fact that we are more than our external oh my gosh image and appearance I cannot... and that the people that love us know that there are far more layers to us than what they see than what meets the eye well so then um Tracy said what do you want to talk about today and I said confidence because obviously I was very confident in who I was when I walked out into the world looking like this heck yeah I mean I went to all the places I bought diapers I bought I bought groceries. I bought, I took people, I probably went to the PTA meeting looking like this. You've probably seen. I may have intervened if if I saw you. I think you've seen me in this outfit. You had to have. I don't know. No. We could put a poll. How many of you have seen Natalie in this outfit or something similar? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that should be. I mean, I've seen you in like flannels and sweatpants. That I don't bat an eye. It's really the cardigan over the flannel (laughs) that I cannot get over. The the cardigan. Doesn't fit <laughs> over the flannel. The funniest part about this, though, is that I actually like have a fun fashion sense to the point where I actually had a woman approach me the other day and say, "I love, 
I loved your outfit on Friday. In fact, I loved it so much that I went out and bought it to duplicate for an event tonight. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was not this outfit. Yeah. It was. It was not the orange plaid flannel with the cheetah pink and blue cheetah print cardigan. Yeah. Yeah, that's not what she was. So I was confident enough to wear this outfit, Mm -hmm. but then um, I just got done with a committee meeting and I said to Tracy, I could never run for president because I wouldn't have the confidence to to delegate or share my thoughts. And isn't that interesting Mm -hmm. that here I am walking out in public looking like that. People probably think I have it all together and I'm nice and confident because who wouldn't be walking around like that? (laughs) And I have a podcast. But what you guys don't see is all of the anxiety and angst on the other side and how I'm carefully selecting my words because I'm lacking the confidence there. And so I think it's important to have a conversation about confidence. Yeah. Well, and Natalie knows I will refer to it as my public self and my private self. And those are not always the same thing. And so for many people who know me, they would say, oh, she just exudes (laughs) confidence. And yes, I do. When I'm in a situation in which I know people, I know what I'm doing, I, I do feel confident walking into a conversation, walking into a situation, walking in to solve a problem, like whatever it might be. Yes, I feel confident. But behind closed doors, there's a lot of like imposter syndrome or self-doubt or wonderings of who the heck am I to fill in the blank, right? Like. Who am I to say, yes, I should be the one doing this or, right? Like even when we said, let's, when you're like, let's do a podcast and I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. And then I'm like, oh, what the heck do I have to share in a podcast? Well, I'm really glad you didn't share yourself down at that moment because then this never would have happened because I only went along with it, even though I had suggested it, (laughs) I only went along with it because... Tracy was nice and confident moving forward. Yeah. But I, I want to make it very clear. I don't think that we can pre- present a solution to building confidence. Yes. I think that we just need to recognize that it doesn't matter who the person is. Mm-hmm. We all struggle with confidence issues to some extent. Now, You're 100% right. You were talking, and one thing that I heard you say is in situations in which you had time to prepare and practice, you were able to feel more confident. Mm -hmm. And I suspect that's because in that preparation and through that practice, you've addressed all the potentially sticky or messy aspects of whatever, and you've been able to control them or navigate your way around them. And and it's the more you do something, right? And so the more you are put in situations or the more you repeat behaviors and start to feel success that's mm-hmm. really where your confidence grows so i i mean again i think i've also i've also like i mean shout out to my grandmothers to be honest i mean neither of them are with us anymore but i watched two very strong women model what confidence looks like and they had very different walks of life if one grandmother who lived on the farm raised 17 children and 17 children yes should we pause for a moment yes seven no wonder she was confident she was doing but i mean she she was the matriarch of the family and she was the glue that held everything together and just i mean she she was highly confident in who she was and what she brought and my other grandmother 
was breaking glass ceilings in the corporate world. And for a woman... That's so cool. In, I mean, the mid to late 1900s, like, that was that was a thing. Like, what? You don't... You don't do that as a woman. Like, you stay home and you make sure that the house is well kept. Oh, she was out running a business, right? So, so like, I had these two models growing up. And I don't think I realized it when I was a kid, but how impactful both of those were. Not mm-hmm. to mention my own mother, who has multiple degrees, had a successful career, who has given back to her community, to her family in so many ways. And so I think confidence shows up in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And if I could have a conversation with my grandmothers, I know both of them would be able to illustrate moments, situations in which they lacked confidence and really had to kind of take the risk or step out of their comfort zone and be like, all right, well, let's give this a shot. We'll, well see how it goes. Okay, so I had also grandmothers who set examples all in their own right. And then my mom is one of six girls. And so her mom didn't have 17 kids, but she did have six daughters in a matter of like seven years. Mm-hmm. She had seven kids in a matter of nine years, but there, six of them happened to fe- be female, which was very impactful for me Absolutely. because then I, I watched six women go out and live life. Um, and I... I watch them share their vulnerabilities and their successes and celebrate one another and, you know, really demonstrate what community can look like within a family unit. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they also did a great job of demonstrating determination, tenacity, um, and confidence. But I think, and then then my own experience with my own mother and all that she's demonstrated, she's just been amazing. She's done a a million things that I could only hope to aspire to. But... In all of those situations, I was looking up to somebody who had lived more life than me. Hmm. And so therefore, they're, I think out of necessity or just naturally, they will have more confidence. But then I wonder, is it that they have more confidence or they're more comfortable with themselves? Because they realize that let there's less things really matter than what they originally or what I originally thought. So I'm watching that manifest in my own children and how I have watched both of them be highly confident individuals at school, in their activities, in our home. Like they are very comfortable with who they are. They're very confident in their, in their own skin. And I don't know if that's because of modeling, if that's because of just what I appreciate about this gen- generation is the more body positive inclusivity Mm -hmm. ability and promotion of being yourself and being your authentic self. And so there's not going to be one variable that I can isolate, but connecting back to what you said about your aunts and your mom, just having more lived experience and therefore having more confidence, but I'm seeing it in kids in pockets. There are a lot of kids who still do struggle with worthiness and confidence um, because of some of the demands of social media um, and society in the sense of, if I don't look like this influencer, I'm therefore not good enough and whatever that might be. So I think it's a really fascinating concept and how you truly become a confident individual 
I don't know. Like I'm reflecting myself and I think every success leads to more confidence being built, right? Like mm-hmm. getting the affirmation, getting the good job, getting the accolades, fill in the blank. But I also think some of the failures and being able to overcome those failures, yes, learn, have support around you and be like, I got this. Hard things can happen. Okay. What's the next step, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and who do I need around me? Well, okay, so that who do I need around me? Um, I love that because, like I said, I have those six, those six women, you know, the, those six sisters. Mm-hmm. But then I also have my dad's family mm-hmm. where he had one sister who was very influential in my life. And she's done a great job setting an example. And then his brother's wife um, came into the family, right? And she as well has influenced me and set an example when it comes to how to demonstrate confidence. And both of those individuals, you know, my mom had the advantage of having all these sisters right there. My, my dad's little sister didn't have sisters, but she still had people around her breathing into her. And then the in-law, I, I don't want to, because she's not the in-law, she's my aunt. But when she's first coming into the family, right? Same thing for her. She comes in and she's got people around her supporting her. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that sometimes we are born into situations or automatically placed in a situation where community is already existent. And then other times our community forms mm-hmm. and um, it can still be as strong and as impactful and as powerful. And and also it's so neat to pay attention to the examples in your life uh, because they all come from different experiences mm-hmm. and I, I mean truly to allow those different those different experiences whether they've happened to you directly or whether or not you're witnessing them through somebody else or learning from them that's what's going to shape us and help us to find confidence because then we can we're not so close-minded right we can stay curious and allow our minds to be open to different possibilities and and whatnot. I love that you just connected community and confidence. I don't know that I would have connected those two words. And yet, I agree with everything you just said. Because I surround myself with people who make me my best self. And I hope in turn that I help them become their best self. And within that community... I do gain confidence from that group and the, again, the affirmations, the, um, the laughter, the enjoyment of one another, like all of that, when you're just enjoying life and enjoying the people that you're with, like that, that in itself breeds more confidence. Well, I don't know that we can have confidence without recognizing or identifying a community. I don't know that you can go out and I don't know that you can go into the world confidently without anybody breathing into you. So then I want to clarify because then what I think that might be is that's when I walk into the world driven by ego because ego and confidence are not the same thing. So are we going to start talking about Sigmund Freud? (laughs) I wasn't going to go that far. I was a psych major to begin with and there are days that I'm like, I should be a psych major again. Why should I? Um, I do think that's become a really gray line in our society and how if I walk out into the world with confidence 
with a plaid <laughs> flannel <laughs> and cheetah print cardigan over the top, like that was a confident choice. That was you being you. There's no ego behind that. It was just, I'm wearing something comfortable and warm and this is me. Take it or leave it. Yeah. But some people walk into the world dressed to the nine with ego. Like, I have all these things. I look this way. And really, sometimes behind that public persona, behind that ego, is so much self-doubt and lack of confidence that I'm compensating by how I look. Sure. Oh, 100%. I think it all comes down to... What is your what is it that you see when you look in the mirror? What is the story you tell yourself? Because when I look in the mirror, I see that I mean, I don't even look in the mirror hardly at all anymore. <laughs> That's not a, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I was going to say I do when I brush my teeth. But right. That's because but, the mirror is above the sink. Right. I do look <laughs> and I do look in the mirror I I shouldn't say I don't ever, but when I'm looking in the mirror, I'm not looking in it the same way I used to look in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what's happening when I look in the mirror is I'm not seeing imperfections or what's matching and what's not. Instead, I'm seeing, okay, here's a person that I need to remind. She needs to pick up this kid at this time. She has this task that she needs to accomplish. She's got X, Y, and Z going on. And in those thoughts, my my priorities have shifted, right? Mm-hmm. And the story I'm telling myself has shifted. And now, instead of being somebody who may not be presentable to the rest of the world I am somebody who is contributing to the rest of this world because of the things that the story I've changed right I'm yeah. no, no longer a person who has to present herself I'm now a person who has Who's to going to be herself in order to yes get things done yes so I want to unpack that a minute because I'm thinking about the generation Um, or the way I grew up and with body image. And so body image is something, um, I've had four babies like Natalie, two of them are mine. Two of them were surrogacies. And again, that's another podcast for another day. But when I think about what your body goes through with four pregnancies, I think I had this mentality of I'm going to bounce back and my body is going to be the way it was when I was 22 when I had my first child. And that's not the case, right? Like your body's going to change because you've had babies, because you're aging and your 22-year-old self is not going to be your 40-year-old self. But in that process... I think I had to get over the societal expectation in order to truly gain the confidence within my own skin, like to walk as myself, stretch marks and all. Well, and now let's be clear. We know this. We, we, we say we are worthwhile people. We know that life is beautiful and it doesn't always look the way we want it to like we can say all these things i can say i look in the mirror and i don't see all the imperfections instead i see what i have to get done however there are days where i do (laughs) see the imperfections and i do i look at the picture and i'm like what the hell was i wearing like do i give this to my husband of whom i've been with for the last 23 years Mm -hmm. or do i hide this and hope he never finds it (laughs) 
right? So, so that's the hu- that's the human side. And just right? so you know, he loves me dearly. He he would be tickled by this because he would not see the outfit, and he might not even see what's wrong with the outfit. Well, I actually, like I said, it's a beautiful picture of you. Like you are glowing in that photo. It's just we're just picking on your outfit choice. Okay, I'm picking on your outfit choice because the cardigan doesn't fit over the flannel, Natalie. Like, I have no problem with the cardigan over the flannel, but it's too small. (laughs) It didn't fit. But anyways, I think the point is there are days that you are going to have more confidence, and that might be just based on the day, based on everything going on in life. It also could be the situations you're walking into where maybe it is a little more uncertain and you aren't as confident or familiar with the situations you're navigating. And so I don't know about you, when things are uncertain or things are scary, I tend to retreat mm-hmm. and kind of get crabby or bitchy and like, just leave me alone, I got it. But that's more about like, I actually have no clue what's about to happen and I'm terrified and I don't want to show anybody that I'm scared. But that is normal. That is so normal. So that that is a very normal thing. When people are scared, they do that. Even if they don't, even if they're still present, still showing up, internally, they're having that conflict and they're they're struggling. But that doesn't mean that then I lack confidence, right? And so I think there's so many of these um, ideas that live in both areas and instead of trying to find what should be again I love saying don't should on yourself like there's no shoulding nothing should be a certain way there's no one right way and so in the reality of life the paradox of life I can be both confident and terrified at the exact same time and I can be both confident and excited at the exact same time and I can be confident and fill in the blank right like okay so that's where that concept comes in where you ask when you say to yourself um that's where the concept of bravery comes in right so you say to yourself it's okay to be scared okay being brave or courageous doesn't mean that you're not scared. Yeah. It just means that you're doing something even though you are scared. Doing it anyways. I signed up for this. I committed to this. I have no idea what the next five months, five years, five minutes entails. (laughs) But I think I do. I think I have. I think both. I think I do. I think I have lived in that mindset. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? So one of my favorite books and a friend of mine's reading it right now as she reminded me of it, is Everything is Figureoutable. So it's <gasps> Marie, Marie For- Forleo. I'll put the link in our podcast page. But Because we're figuring out how to use our podcast page. I know. It's so fun. Like, see, there's always learning to do, right? Yeah. But if... Okay, so now, side note, because we squirrel often in this podcast. Like, at the beginning of the podcast, if it was, oh my gosh, we have to figure all of this out before we even get started, we never would have pushed record. Because no. we would have been so well, lacking I, confidence to even start. Actually, I said to Tracy, should we come up with like an outline? And she said, no. And no. I'm so glad we didn't. Because no, it would have yeah. taken so much time. And then we both well, would have quit. And we wouldn't have even followed the script. Let's might, be real. We might not have even liked each other <laughs> at the time we were done. But, okay, so Marie Forleo. 
has this book. It's called Everything is Figure Outable. And it is her freaking mantra. Like, everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. She sounds very indefatigable. Ooh, yes, she very much is. But I really just, like, came across this book a couple of years ago, I guess now. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to honor. I'm terrified. I have no idea what's about to happen. But I'm going to lean on the fact that I'm pretty darn good at what I do. And everything is figure outable. Like I have a skill set to figure it out. And any situation is figure outable, which also comes back to community. And mm-hmm. I have a community around me that will help me figure it out, even if I don't, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> well, but that goes back to, okay, breathing into, some, breathing into somebody, right? Pouring into somebody. Mm-hmm. So what I actually tell my children is, what's the worst that could happen? If you fail, right. you still have a place to sleep. We'll still feed you. Mm-hmm. I will still love you. Um, my kids know that they have that support and that gives them the courage then to go out mm-hmm. and try and whether they fail or succeed it doesn't matter they've had an experience that they can feel comfortable living and then that is those experiences are where your confidence is built so that's I've said this to so many expecting moms and dads that especially if it's their firstborn He said, this is the only parenting advice that I have. He said, love them unconditionally and make sure that they never forget that you are the person who will be there even when they fall down. I said, that's it. That's all they need to know. They need to know that they are loved unconditionally without expectation or without, you know, judgment. And that when they make a mistake, because they're going to, when they fail, because they're going to, that you are there to be their support, to be their cheerleader, to be whatever they need. That's it. That is parenting 101. Because the rest of it, you're never going to be able to be ready for it until it happens. Well, then I would take it a step further because you give that advice in an attempt to help them feel more confident, right? Then I would say, and find yourself a support system because when you make a mistake, which you will. Yeah, you will. You're going to need somebody to remind you that you are doing just fine. Yeah, and maybe also told them, like, just just come to terms with the fact that you're going to screw them up. Yes, you will Um, screw them up. And as long as they know they're loved unconditionally and that you will support them regardless of their failures, success. Yeah. You You did it. You can minimize the necessity (laughs) for therapy. Oh, no, I think we all need therapy. I don't think it has anything to do with one isolated variable like you can have the best parents in the world i had the best parents in the world and i still have gone through therapy and it's been the best thing ever i have two amazing kids and since they have been i mean teenagers i'm like if you want to go to therapy i'll pay for it if you want (laughs) if you don't decide to go to therapy until you're an adult you're on your own right like the bill is yours but that's just because of my um, experience as well as my perception and that we all have work we can do on ourselves and self-discovery and it doesn't require something horrible to happen in your life in order to need therapy but just really that opportunity to be reflective to have the support of a neutral third party who can shed light on things that you may not be able to see otherwise yes 
So to anyways. all of that. Yes, to all of that. Well, and I would say my therapy also helped me gain confidence in things that I couldn't see about myself that really were assets and strengths that I maybe couldn't name, well, but what, somebody outside could name. Right. What? Okay, so something else that you said in that reference, you had parents that loved and supported you, and yet you still sought out therapy because you had different experiences and whatnot that led to that exploration. Yeah. Again, going back to community, it's just really important to have that community because I go out and I have these life experiences. I may fail. I may succeed. But regardless of what those experiences are, I know that I have. I can come back to my mom, right? I can come back to my group, whatever that looks like, friends, family. It, it doesn't matter. If you've got, you can have a group of people pouring into you and hard experiences outside of that as well. And sometimes you have hard experiences and supportive experiences, you know, in all of that, mixed into all of that. Life's interesting. Absolutely. I think a lot of the conversation we're having about confidence is about self-confidence and like public confidence and how do I exude confidence. It's interesting because I was just thinking about, but I also rely on the people around me, right? As you're talking about community and that in itself is a sense of confidence, right? I conf- I have confidence in my people around me and that's why they're my community right because not only I mean obviously they're in my life for a reason but I have confidence that they're going to be there even if I mess up or even if I fail Um, and so confidence within yourself confidence within others confidence I think exists in a multitude of ways you know one thing I'm thinking of as you're sharing this is that for a lot of people having confidence in others is very difficult (laughs) because it means you have to give them some control I don't really like this conversation anymore (laughs) (laughs) so but it's true right like you have to you have to let go of you you have to share some vulnerability you have to let go of that control over everything you have to let that barrier dissipate to an extent if you don't allow them into your life it's not enough to just have them be there like they're not actually supporting you if you don't allow them to get to know you and what needs to be supported so let's play out the same situation what's the worst thing that can happen (laughs) i'm using your parenting strategy right yeah well it depends on the situation myself I'm stuck with myself, whether I like it or not. Mm -hmm. But having confidence in others and relying on others and opening yourself to relationships with others, what's the worst thing that can happen? Okay, so this is actually a really great conversation. I'm going to use us as an example. Okay, good. So (laughs) we started this podcast, Mm -hmm. right? And then we made our first podcast. Mm -hmm. And then, I hate to break it to you guys, we don't speak fluidly, beautifully, without imperfection for... 42 minutes there's some editing that goes into it and so you sent me the first edit and I remember thinking I don't like this yeah but how do I tell Tracy I don't like this because what if she gets mad and and then she doesn't want to be my friend anymore so that would be the worst thing that happens right but then also if I tell her I don't like it and she doesn't want to be open to them to that is she really being my friend right and what kind of friend and is this really going to work? What kind of friendship is this if I can't be honest with her and tell her when I don't like something? Right. Yeah. So, hmm. I have had to let go um, of in my in my experience in relationships, I have learned that I have had 
to let I have to let go of this narrative in which everybody is happy and it's sunshine and roses. Sometimes that's people what are happens be, in all the movies. So it has to sometimes be sometimes people are going to be disagreeable. Sometimes you're going to be disagreeable, and so. But you have to let go of that desire for it all to be neat and tidy and be willing to allow for some vulnerability. So it depends on the situation, to answer your question. Depends on the situation. You know, for my girls, when they get on the ice, okay, what's the worst that could happen? I could forget everything. I could fall. That's fine. So what can you do? I can get up, I can smile, and I can finish. And I can wave as I skate off the ice. Right. Okay? You still have a place to sleep at the end of the day. You still have food that we're providing you. <laughs> yeah. And and for some people, rock bottom or a really bad situation might look even more desperate than that. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize that. And Well, I think what I hear in what you're talking about is that I have to have enough confidence in the relationship that I'm choosing to be part of to trust that that person isn't going to use my insecurities, my vulnerabilities against me. Yes. And that, I think, is how confidence is interwoven between self-confidence. I can only trust myself in the sense of the decisions that I'm going to make. I have to have enough self-trust, I should say. Like, yes, I could trust other people, but I have to have enough self-trust and enough self-confidence that if a relationship is no longer serving me, that... You know, Natalie's being super combative about the content of the podcast. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm not interested in this. Which, by the way, is not a, is not a thing. That is not the thing, I'm, <laughs> hypothetically. But, right, like, I have to trust that that feedback is coming from somewhere. Or I have to trust our relationship enough that we can work through that. Or, and as you said, be honest with one another when it's like, yeah, this isn't hitting me where I think it should. Yeah, and, and that, that's and that's relationships, right? Right. Well, and that plays on so many things we've talked about, right? Control, chaos, staying curious. The um, stories we make up. The stories we tell ourselves. I mean, okay, or even allowing yourself to be distracted by this and allowing that to create a narrative that is false. And so now you're taking away from the relationship itself. Yeah. Oh, I. I mean that is a very real reality like my brain is very distracted by an ever an, an ever ending that's not it see i can't even say it right wouldn't it be nice if it was ever ending <laughs> a never ending to-do list but at the end of the day it will be done it will be done on the day that graduation is done Can right? we just stop for a second going back to that to-do list <laughs> if we had no to-do list what would it be bored. to wake up for the next day I'll just be able to enjoy whatever. Right, but theoretically, not theoretically, like actually, yeah. realistically, yeah. if you're on vacation, the next day you wake up, you what just you could just lay in bed, but then you have to choose to just lay in bed. Mm-hmm. Everything's a choice, and it's whether it's a conscious choice or whether that choice is put upon you. All right. I think that's kind of the difference in... Um, At some point. And, and I think... Yes, I agree with you. Everything is, everything is, I don't, there's always something that needs to be done. Let's say it that way. I had an advisor uh, in college, and then she was my advisor in grad school. And one day we were out for coffee, and she said, tell me what you've been up to. I said, oh my gosh, I've, I listed off some big things. Right. And then I said, what about you? And she said, I mean, I've got this and this, and the truth is, every day something happens. Yeah. And there was never a truer statement made. Yeah. Every day something happens. 
Well, I've said that to you over the last few months that my realization um, transitioning within my career that it was like, holy Hannah, I'm not working today. But the day I had zero downtime. Mm-hmm. I had no minutes that were like unused. I go, how did that happen? How did I work full time and do all this get stuff. all this done? Like yeah. there were honest moments of that. Um, so, I mean, to bring that back to confidence, like I believe in myself enough that I, I can get the things done that matter. I have enough confidence in others that those relationships are there to support, to help um, whenever needed. But I think the thing that you were talking about, the distraction piece. So I wanted to circle back to the distraction piece that you had talked about because I was just talking about this recently, how I have a lot of distractions at the moment. And it's just, they're not even necessarily distractions. There's just like uncertainty and change and just life is happening. Shocking, as it does, right? But a lot of the change and a lot of the things that are happening are distracting. And so they're taking a lot of either conscious or subconscious time and attention. And what I didn't or realize energy and energy. Yes. Yeah. And what I had to name is that it's actually taking me away from some of my own confidence, some of my relationships and how do you really rumble with that of, hold on, it's really not about A, it's actually about B, but if you can't name that, Mm -hmm. I again go back to within the community, within a relationship, within your family unit, within whatever, like that can start to erode trust, start to erode confidence within a relationship. Well, because then 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 you start making up stories again. Well, because I think what is very natural for humans to do is to then retreat because now things are uncertain. So we do get anxious. Yep. When you are in those hard situations, you retreat. You allow yourself to be distracted and retreat, right? Mm-hmm. But then those distractions just continue to grow. Yeah, unless you... You like, continue. And... Sometimes what will happen is you will seek out additional distractions to avoid mm-hmm. confronting mm-hmm. the issue at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we get busy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Because you can, like we said before, you can be busy in a healthy way if, you, if you're managing, but there's that gray line where mm-hmm. sometimes we're busy because we want to avoid. For sure. Yeah. The hard and- stuff. And I think there is a spot, at least for myself, if I'm not aware of how much, because I am someone that is used to having a lot on my plate and not really stressing about that. There's a lot of plates spinning. There's a lot of things on the plate, whatever analogy you'd like to use. But that's how I've been wired. That's what I do. That's what actually I've been complimented for to be able to navigate all these things. And so, until I pause and can name for myself, like, whoa, huh, I'm maybe not feeling as confident about A, B, or C, or I'm feeling distracted about A, B, or C, or I need to have a conversation because I might be doing something that actually 
isn't in alignment with where I am and what I want. But all of that, there has to be this foundation of trust and confidence in myself and with whomever I'm talking to, to be able to navigate or walk into that space of vulnerability. Because without that, I am going to retreat and I am going to be like, leave me alone. I'll figure it out. Everything's fine. Right? It's all fine. My favorite word. But again, if you don't (laughs) offer, if you don't relinquish some of that control. For sure. And and let those barriers fall, your support system, unless they've been with you from day one and know how you're functioning, Mm -hmm. may not be able to help you. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we all have our own issues and we don't all have the confidence to say, hey, I've noticed something's off. I want to be here for you. Um, If you find those people, hang on to them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are still people in your life who maybe don't have the confidence to approach you, but do sense that something's off. And so if you can let go of that control to have it all together and allow yourself to be real and say, this is where I'm struggling, it's going to be easier for that support system to say, let us support you. Right. We're not mind readers. No. <clears throat> We're not. No. Um, <laughs> I say that to my kid often. <coughs> so it seems like something is bothering you. And since I can't read your mind, if you would like to share with me, I'm happy to listen. And if you do not want to share with me, that's fine. But again, I cannot read your mind. So I'm here. I care about you. You can trust me. I have, we've built a relationship that allows for those conversations but when you're ready right and Mm -hmm. um and I think I think the the only caveat to that conversation in what you said is that I'm I'm being vulnerable or open and sharing with someone who has earned that trust and a relationship in which I am confident that that relationship is not going to be damaged because I put my vulnerabilities right. on the table. Because we don't want anybody capitalizing exactly. on those vulnerabilities. Yep. I think back to kids when they're little and they're like, well, you can't come to my birthday party. Yeah. Right? We're not going to try <laughs> to control people. Mm-hmm. That's not actually what we're suggesting. No. In any way, shape, or form. No. No. But I think even in those trusting relationships, you have to continue to show up. And so Brene Brown talks about the marble jar and how every positive encounter, a marble gets put in the jar. But one kind of negative thing, all the marbles, Mm -hmm. whether there's hundreds of them in or five, those negative situations, um, all of the marbles can fall out of the jar. Right, And so really being mindful of who your marble jar friends are, who are the people that continue to invest in you, who has created those safe and trusting relationships and that you have confidence that I can be my own, my my best self and my most imperfect self with you. And that isn't something that everyone in the public has earned the right to have access to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we said we were going to talk about confidence, but I feel like this is all over the place. But it is confidence. I mean, confidence in myself, confidence in my relationships. Like, I'm confident in the relationships that I have, knowing that 
we can have really hard conversations and we're going to grow from it. Do you know what I like to tell my kids? Another thing I like to tell my kids is um, when they're experiencing any kind of self-doubt, I will say, I have, I might have shared this before, I have so much confidence and belief in you that you can borrow some of mine. Mm-hmm. Okay? You can borrow some and you can hang on to it. Because just to know that somebody is there willing to hold your hand mm-hmm. through a hard moment, mm-hmm. that's really enough. Yeah. And that's that's to me the synonymous synonymous with the safe and trusting relationships in that I see you, I value you, I believe in you, I have confidence in you, I got you. Like, what do you need? Do you need me to lift you up? Do you need me to walk alongside you? Do you need me to clear some debris ahead of you? Whatever it might be. I also want to say that everybody is deserving of that kind of confidence. Mm-hmm. You, Everybody is worthwhile. Everybody is unique and adds value to the function of our society. Mm -hmm. Um, And we as individuals can pour into people in our tight-knit units, right? Or we can also, or I shouldn't say or, and we can also pour confidence into people that are complete strangers. Right. And it's okay for us to do that, and it's okay to borrow confidence or receive confidence from somebody we don't know or to help uh, to allow somebody we don't know to help um, inspire some self-esteem yeah yeah I just think I mean self-confidence confidence of others with others in relationship with others and I think some of it's interconnected too Oh, definitely. It's interconnected. And I will just go back to what I said at the very beginning. It doesn't matter how confident they seem in front of you at that moment. Everybody has their insecurities. Well, and a lot of times people have situations and battles that you will never see in public. Yeah, so you can be confident. Private battles. Yeah. You can be confident in knowing you're not the only one. You're mm-hmm. not alone. Mm-hmm. Again, same story, different details. I was just thinking that. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I think confidence is an ever-evolving topic, depending on the day, depending on the season of life, depending on the relationships that you have around you. Well, I think that's true for all of our conversations, which would mean that this conversation is to be continued. To be continued.